0: G'day, Nigel Moore from the Tech Tribe here, and as you can probably tell from the accent, also from Australia. So, I've stolen the microphone from my good friend Richard Tubb and taken over the beginning and end of his podcast to blatantly promote our Tech Tribe. But don't worry, I'm not going to bore you to death with endless details on the features of our product or the technical mumbo-jumbo or how long I've been in the industry or blah, blah, blah. Instead, I'll offer you a quick bribe. If you hang around until the end of the episode, which knowing Richard is no doubt going to be a cracker, then I'll let you know some stuff about our tribe and I'll give you some details on a special tub talk only deal complete with steak knives. Well, uh, maybe not the snake knives, but for now, enjoy the heck out of the episode and I'll be back at the end.
1: You're listening to Tub Talk, the podcast for IT business owners with our featured conversation with Richard Tubb and Christian Nogelli and Ian Van Rienen of Datto. My name's Jeff Nicholson and this podcast is all about helping you grow your IT business. In this episode, Richard talks with Ian and Christian who started out running their RMM business from Christian's bathroom and spare room before being acquired by Autotask. Now they're part of the Datto family. You'll hear how Christian and Ian started the business, why they decided to operate as a cloud-based SaaS platform when nobody else was, and how they utilized AWS. You'll also learn more about the move to Datto and the plans for the next 12 months. This episode was recorded in person between Richard, Christian, and Ian at DattoCon 2018 in
2: Barcelona. Ian, Christian, welcome to Tub Talk. Thank you, Richard. Delighted to be here. (laughs) Now, I think it was about 11 years ago that I met both of you for the first time. It was at a little IT group meeting, Amid Pro in Birmingham. I don't know if you remember that. Um, You were demoing this little remote monitoring and management tool you've got called
3: Centra Stage. Things have moved on a little bit since then, haven't they? Certainly moved on product-wise, yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine exactly what we demoed 11 years ago, but it certainly wouldn't be anything like it is today. But yeah. it, I mean, it was the seed of what it is today. And yeah. I think that's the key thing. We've, we haven't changed the product philosophy massively. We've just really accelerated and brought it through to fruition. Just changed hmm? the name three times. <laughs> I mean, we've done <laughs> well, that. Well, let's
2: talk about that. So, yeah. you obviously, you both now are part. So, Central Stage was uh, bought out by Autotask. Autotask is now part of the, uh, the Datto family. I guess, first of all,
4: what are both of your job titles now? Uh, I have several. It depends which card I'm bringing out of my pocket. Go for it. Use the Uh, highest value card. So the highest value card is now I am now head of Amir for Datto. Fantastic.
3: And my role now is I still run the engineering division for Data RMM. My role is VP of Endpoint Products, VP of Engineering for Endpoint Products, which is actually a legacy Autotask title. Mm. I'm guessing it may be changed at some point because obviously Data has a lot more endpoint products than the the ones we had in Autotask. But uh, currently uh, is my role and responsibility. So what does a typical day look look like for you now with this new role? Um... (laughs) Primary responsibility is to make sure that the platform is up and running. So, uh, you know, first thing every day is, is is a quick call and a chat with uh, the, the sort of uh, product and engineering leads just to make sure that every, we don't have any emergencies because that's our first and foremost uh, responsibility. Um, after that, uh, my day is typically split between uh, working with the product management team on new features and prioritization of new features and exactly how they're going to work, or else working with the, uh, the product architecture. Um, So understanding how we're going to scale it further, whether we need to put down further platforms in different regions, et cetera. Um, Outside of that, it starts to become more and more of the management side of things. Filling in spreadsheets, making sure that we're recruiting the right number of people, you know, making sure that uh, our bug counters within spec and that we, you know, we're fixing issues you know, when they do arise. Um, it's changed a lot since the early days, certainly. Yeah. I have a more comfortable chair. You know. <laughs> and <laughs> a standing desk. And,
4: a, st- <laughs> and a standing desk.
3: What about you, Christian? So what, what do your
2: uh, oh, what Richard, responsibilities take? Richard,
4: where do, where do I start? So look, my role changed significantly even in the last few months. Yeah. Um, so I've taken on the... Um, the role of head of Amir since um mark banfield um moved on to uh, to pastures new um relatively recently so still getting my feet under the desk um the primary responsibility is driving you know top-line growth a- across Amir, um but i guess from an almost cultural perspective my responsibilities are for the almost 300 people seven offices um a- across Amir um within datto. so uh yeah, look, I mean, I, I think I speak for us both. Um, I'm having a lot of fun, right? This is a really um, exciting new phase. So Dad or RMM, same thing under the hood. Um, you know, I think whilst my formal responsibilities are no longer product related, um, which they were order Autotask, right? I was primarily responsible for, for Autotask Endpoint Management, as it was then known. Um, you know, just emotionally still really attached to the technology. And, you know, it's just incredibly motivating to see it. Um, Kind of scaling new heights, I guess, is a word, both in terms of number of customers, number of endpoints. But I think, um, you know, and, and something I'm sure Ian will come on to is the pace at which we're now moving it forward, just from a pure feature set capability perspective, um, you know, which has kept us both here engaged and, and yeah, childishly pumped. <laughs> well, let, let's talk about the journey for a
2: little bit. So I remember speaking to you two all those years ago, and uh, I think it was you, Ian, you were showing me photographs that you were based out of your garage. I think it was. And earlier on, you and I were chatting and you were saying you had your uh, your data center based at the bathroom at one point because it was uh, cooled, yeah.
4: wasn't it? By the, uh, yeah, we'd the venting run, the, we'd run kind of... No, we'd run the cold water up to the bottom of the chassis <laughs> just to take some it's
3: of the really heat out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We started uh, it in the carriage, in fact, uh, in Guildford was the very first iteration and yeah. we, we wrote things on the whiteboard. In fact, I think we just wrote it on the wall. We didn't have a whiteboard. Yeah. At that stage. Couldn't uh, afford uh, whiteboards. We, uh, really? we moved to Christian's man cave after that <laughs> in, in Spain in Buckinghamshire <laughs> and then uh, and then to my apartment in uh, in High Wycombe, and I did have it was a two bedroom apartment, so it was the second bathroom. But yes, uh, and they were all development service, but we had the early servers in the bathroom because that's where the extractor was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's
4: natural, yeah.
2: Exactly. Why, why would you yeah. put the server
4: anywhere else? Exactly. exactly. Um, <laughs> but yes, yes, uh, those were fun times. And um, a little known fact, Richard, throughout that process, Ian was courting my wife's sister, who then proceeded to marry, and so. Halfway through the process, we actually formally became family. Wow, which was tough. You have a South African in your professional life; suddenly, he's on your family holidays as well, popping up. <laughs> which uh, Christian doesn't <laughs> like to be outshone, and all of a sudden, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah. But when you when you
2: um, first put Central Stage together, it was a product built. Um, SaaS first, wasn't it? Which yep. was unusual for the yeah. time. So most products yeah. of the time used to be server-based and yeah. things. So looking back now, obviously, everybody talks about being SaaS first and, SaaS first and cloud first now. Yeah. But you were trendsetters at the time, weren't yeah. you? Let's give you your yep. due for that. Um, what did that journey look like? And did you ever sort of ever think this day would come where everybody would be talking about sas
4: first or did you get discouraged at any point and think actually we're better off going down the server well can i i'm just going to jump in on that actually yeah. um, because i think ian deserves massive credit for calling that early right even before we could even move to aws because they didn't have the feature set to to, to sustain what we were trying to build uh, but always Ian's view viewers it has to be cloud yeah. We were trying to bring on early revenues. I was sometimes begging him, let's just do a couple of on prem, you know, just to bring in some early revenues. But he was pretty resolute, and sadly, he's not one to be argued with. So it's absolutely stood us in good stead. The challenge we always had, especially trying to build an RMM tool for managed service providers in the face of a fair bit of competition, is we were always developing the back end engine. Um, at the expense of features. So when we met many years ago in our offices, when you were kind enough to come and give us some advice on the market, you know, we had something that could scale for devices we couldn't yet sell to because we didn't have the feature set. So obviously what the Autotask run allowed us to do is just accelerate the development of the feature set, but also scale the platform to take on the millions of devices we were now supporting. Um,
3: Hats off to AWS, and they continue to do it. They offer, you know, free tiers. And for us... You know, that was a massive incentive to use AWS and we did test out you know, different uh, platforms, you know, Microsoft Azure, obviously we had a look and there were a couple of different ones that we considered, but the, the clincher was that you could get, go onto a free tier on AWS and actually run a commercial infrastructure, a very small scale, for free. Um, Because they encourage people to innovate and to develop. Um, And then obviously, you know, hoping that you would scale. Luckily for them, we did. We Mm. we, we pay them hundreds of thousands of pounds a month now. Um, But uh, the most exciting thing for us was, we sort of joined AWS when they were bringing through some of the really exciting features so initially it was you know you could hire computing power and then you had databases on demand and then they had the, the routing systems and, and the load balances and Carnesis, and it's sort of grown along with us uh, and we've track what they do and just figured out, oh, how can we use that in terms of scaling our system? Um, and in fact, they've been great in conferences and you know, technical architects coming along to evaluate and work with us how best to use their system. But we probably have you know, some of the most experienced AWS engineers working with us now. Um, we've been there right since the very beginning.
2: Can
4: mm-hmm. I just put on record that I never found those features exciting. <laughs> just saying. Um, but in the early days, again, to its credit, AWS would have him speaking at some of their startup events, because we were leveraging so many of their new services as they came out. So look, it was our one key competitive differentiator. It's why Autotask bought us, and not one of the more established tools, because we didn't come into Autotask with much revenue. We didn't come with many managed service provider customers, because that wasn't our exclusive focus, but we came with a highly scalable platform, which we could throw features at pretty quickly with clear direction from product management, which obviously the Task customer base gave us. Um, You know, so we've been able to essentially play feature catch up through 2015, 16, um, you know, reach a point of feature parity and more and the dado phase, which is why, again, we're fired up about it is because now it's, you know, a real push to be the out and out market leader Mm -hmm. by every measurable metric, um, you know, within the next couple of years. And that's completely achievable, you know, from. The days of little old central stage amit pro small business server user group that's day, right they, yeah. yeah good memory I remember it well going, right? yeah i think yeah. i remember that that very session
3: yeah. actually yeah. you mentioned talking at aws events i remember one and i had a, a pain which i thought was a stomach pain for days um and we had an aw <laughs> i was speaking at an aws event up north and uh said to christian just really just not feeling good. And he's like. Pain is only weakness leaving the body, mate. You've got to go. And this is our <laughs> opportunity. And I drove probably three hours north, spoke at this event. was almost doubled over in pain. Uh, and there was a doctor as you know in the audience. And he looked at me after and said, look, you're really pale. And it looks like you're uncomfortable. And explained to what it was. And he tapped my stomach and then said, mate, your appendix is either burst or about to burst. Oh, my goodness. And uh, I literally went from there to the hospital to have my appendix yeah. removed yeah and that
4: was it but as I say Um, in Christian's words uh, you know the company comes first we can see
2: appendix leaving the body exactly
4: yeah I did Pro. he can damn well go and do AWS well yeah (laughs) you've
2: got to share the load yeah let's talk about the journey a little bit more then so you, uh, you grew Centra Stage you had a lot of really loyal fans. Yep. We talked to um, our mutual friend, Mike, my good friend, Matt Barton, Ostrich yep. IT. Yep. He was yep. a massive advocate for you in the UK, sort of told lots of MSPs yep. around you. Yep. And then it was actually five years ago, it was in this building. You and I, were, were Christine, were talking about yep. this. I can remember introducing you to the then Autotask CEO, Mark Catini, yep. and conversations went from there. And Central Stage ended up being acquired by yep. Autotask. Yeah. Um, what was that process like for you to go from being this startup business, you are the masters of your own sort of empire,
4: to then being part of a bigger organization? Yeah, look, I, I think not as hard as people expect us to say. Um, I think they were very, what's the word? Um, yeah, sensitive to the fact that, you know, we'd built this thing from scratch. Um, you know, Mark Teen and his crew were... Yeah, it wasn't the biggest company in the world, right? They were, they were 400 people. It wasn't as if we were being subsumed into Dell. And, then, and how big was Central Stage at that, that point? 35 I mean,
2: people? Yeah. yeah. So you're we, getting
4: up there, yeah. That's what we told them. But look, the, the point was they pretty much let us run with growing the RMM side. right? I think then, that was key. Yeah.
3: And that, I mean, I worked very closely with uh, with Adam Stewart uh, and Pat Burns. And they, they recognized very early on that the way that uh, data RMM or Rather, center stage uh, was was architecture at that stage it was quite different to the auditas architecture, and that we'd spent a lot of time on AWS and had experience there. So it set you know the ground rules of this is where we need to go, and this is the, the direction, and here the you know the metrics that we need to make sure we're in there, and set us off to, to do that. And uh, it, you know, for me, it was a great experience because suddenly we had the resources to scale the business, um, and uh, n- not only from the back end to spend money on the back end and make sure that we could you know, deliver the service, you know, to the sort of performance levels that we needed to. But also, suddenly, we went from having, you know, dodgy f- five salespeople led by Christian you know, on the charge to <laughs> having 100-odd
4: salespeople. Or oh, five salespeople led by dodgy Christian.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, more active than I say the other way around. It <laughs> yeah. shouldn't be that way. Um, in fact, we still got some of them with us. Uh, you know, yeah. Stuart Kringle yeah. still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, First um, salesperson ever, yeah. Oh, yeah. but you can imagine the scale that we went, to, we went from a couple hundred thousand uh, devices uh, just suddenly, you know, we were up to a million within no time mm-hmm. at all, and mm-hmm. it was everything we thought and we wanted the platform to do, um, because we'd architected to do that from the beginning. That was the reason for being an AWS, mm-hmm. that we could scale elastically, yeah. and you know, all of a sudden, yeah, it was going. Yeah, It used to be, we'd say, like, oh, imagine we'll have 10,000 devices one day, we'll have 100,000, then suddenly it was a million, yeah, yeah. two million, and three yeah. million. Yeah. Um, really exciting, yeah.
4: really exciting but, to see. Look, and I think, we we went overnight from four salespeople and Dodgy Christian to like 140 salespeople, right? And a most of the Autodesk customer base used an RMM tool. Autodesk were quite sales focused. Um, I think the one the the one major challenge. I think most of our central stage customers and. There's still plenty of them you know, on the platform. Um, you know, I think they would hopefully all agree that we did them proud, right, just in terms of the feature set that we've yeah. you know, been promising um, came through far quicker than perhaps we could have done ourselves. Um, the issue was more around just trying to scale the services and support side. Um, a, Auditas didn't understand how to support an RMM tool because supporting a PSA platform is very, very different and to scale and sort of backfill support and services in pace with sales growth is just really difficult for any business, whether you're a a vendor or or an MSP. Um, So there was no doubt some, some pain there, right? It was just hard to find good people and train them quick enough to keep pace with the number of new customers we were bringing on, right? So, you know, cheesy to say we were sort of victims of our own success a little bit on that front. So I think if people felt you know, some some pain there onboarding and the subsequent support, but um, you know, happily that you know ship has steadied. I've you know, stated some time ago, and again, I think joining part of Data as well, they've got such an unflinching focus on technical support. You know, Austin's, you know, you shall not be on hold if you call us for technical support. Um, stands us in good stead as well. So, you know, they, again, they're doubling down on, on technical support and just the wraparound services because it's a big platform now, right? It's quite easy on any RMM tool to end up using 30% of a product you're paying for 100% off, which is always one of our – you know, guiding principles. You need to be able to consume as much of the feature set as you possibly can to, to drive the value. So, okay, we're in a good spot um, and arguably on the most exciting phase, wouldn't you say?
3: Oh, absolutely. We've got
4: to the point, and I mentioned it in the keynote,
3: we've got to the point where you know, we're running with the big dogs. We're up there, we're seen as one of the leading players in this space. Um, and we, we we stood back um, a couple of weeks ago, a month or so ago, and actually assessed where we were and realized that, you know, we're, in with a shot, within a relatively short time frame, we can we can be the leading RMM product for managed service providers. We're not short on any features. We're not short on the ability to scale. We're looking at you know areas of the product that we know we want to refactor. You know the UI, new dashboards, things like that coming through. And we truly believe that we can get data RMM to the point of being the leading RMM player. Um, and that's really exciting because that gives everybody something to, to hang their hat on. You, know, you can often get into these endless you know, cycles of releasing and understanding and prioritizing and developing and releasing, etc. and it can go on you know, year after year after year and you see the steady growth. But when you get to a certain size, it's important to have milestones in place. And now suddenly we can visualize, wow, actually, this is true, a little yeah. center stage, you know, the server over the bathroom. You know, we can actually be the biggest player in the space. And I mean, that is so motivating. I mean, I get, that's why I'm here. Yeah. Christian's here for the free food. I'm here because we can <laughs> actually booze. fulfill the technical and the booze and the oh, and yeah. the booze. Let's be accurate about <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. Let's talk about RMM um, as, a, as a bigger piece then. So obviously it's changed in the time you have been instrumental in helping to change the industry um, in the time that I've been in the managed service space and how RMM is viewed. Where do you see RMM going or should I really use RMM? Should I say endpoints, uh, management? Um, how do you see that going yeah. going forward? What does the world look like over the next five years?
4: Look, I may be a bit, you know, I just deal with what's in front of my face, um, leave some of the more visionary stuff to it. And I think, I think too many vendors have chased what I call excessive feature breadth. They've tried to make RMM into RMM plus or RMM 2.0. And, you know, the actual, you know, what, MSPs need an RMM to deliver is pretty tightly defined, right, in, in my world. So, you know, I have you to make it the best RMM tool on the market is, you know, absolutely an attainable goal, right, and one I think that is highly laudable. I think trying to chase breadth in an RMM tool starts taking you fundamentally into other product genres, right? Suddenly you're trying to be you know, a kick-ass network management and monitoring tool as well, right? Rather than focused on the endpoint, you're trying to stray into vulnerability threat detection, which takes you into the security space. So I think that so endless feature creep is more of a hindrance than a help because I don't think anyone in the RMM space has absolutely nailed a tool that MSPs are delighted with, right? We always used to look at the RMM world in some regards, a bit like antivirus, where it's the product you, you dislike the least that you go with, right? And that's just painful to be part of. And, and that's what we're looking to still really challenge and upset. And I think we're pretty much there. Most people, I think, like net promoter score-wise, think, think um, what is now that RMM is pretty cool. Um, so I just see it actually as more just deliver an absolute kick-ass RMM that delivers what RMM tools have always promised to mm-hmm. deliver, robustly, bug-free, you know, reliably and securely you know, and make it really easy to consume a feature set on offer. But importantly, make sure it integrates with everything that it needs to integrate. So I think for me, the strategy is more around making it interoperable and integrate with other stuff, be it PSA and certainly weaving it into more of the Dado uh, Dado product portfolio, um, as opposed to constantly chasing additional features does that make sense it does it, yeah it might yeah. not be the coolest answer but but I think you know it's still a pretty um, laudable objective that we have got so where do you see the lines at the moment
2: so, and you I know you've probably got some thoughts on this but you know when we talk about that breadth and I totally get what you're saying um, where do you draw the lines for instance is it um, pcs and Mac is it pcs Mac Linux yeah, P- yeah, good question servers yeah. is it
3: is it uh, tablets you know well ultimately the, the, the point is to deliver a service out to the end customer, to the small business, small medium business that our MSP partners serve. And what they want is an IT infrastructure that is up and running, is secure, uh, is efficient and serves the business goals. That's what they're looking for. So within that, the role of the RMM is obviously, first of all, to be able to apply those service level agreements to that infrastructure. So if it needs to be secure, let's make sure that it's patched, that the AV is running, that firewall's on place, that the network is secure, for example. If it needs to be performed, let's make sure that you know machines aren't uh, out of date, that the correct machines are being used for the correct purpose. The, the, it's quite a narrow sort of a... Uh, a feature set that needs to be applied. We, what we don't want to do is, is try and be everything to everybody. So we're never going to be a PRTG. They focus mm-hmm. particularly on you know, our networks and network devices and quality of service, etc. It doesn't make sense to try and build that into an RMN tool. Um, what it does make sense to do is to provide an open infrastructure that you can integrate with those sort of tools. Uh, And that's more what we're focused on. Um, But I think we pretty much cover off, you know, the the five core feature requirements right now. It has always been and remains. Let's audit, manage, monitor, support, and report on our customers' infrastructure. Uh, And that's what we continue to do. Look, and in terms of endpoints,
4: absolutely. It's Windows and Linux, right, what we currently support. It's network devices, but from a you know all monitor then it's where's the handoff to the high-end monitoring tool, right? But certainly, if you look at the at a typical SMB network, we should be able to you know help our MSPs put their arms around every single endpoint in that network, right? Um, the mobile that's been a discussion. Yeah, yeah, it's probably one for a, maybe another podcast. There we go. Um, just but we because, held off on yeah. that.
3: We. we in 2008, Cross mobile started, now. you know, sort of rearing its head. Oh, we need to have mobile device management. Everyone was talking about MDM, BYOD, and it was the big thing. Um, and we sort of held back, and we, we actually not sort of. We, we made a conscious decision: we're not going to go into that until people figure out what it is that they actually want. And 2010, we launched our first uh, MDM, and it was very simple. We supported iOS and Android. You With it, you were able to, with our MDM, you were able to audit the device, track where it was, unlock it, and lock it, and wipe it. And it was those five pieces of functionality that people were looking for. Um, I was going to say we haven't had a huge take-up. I mean, everything is relative. The scale is large now, so we do have you know plenty of mobile devices under management now. But there's not been the commercial interest in the MDM yeah. that everyone expected it to be, you know,
4: Years I've, I've met very few MSPs that are making effective material revenues out of managing mobile devices. Yeah, absolutely. They might have one outlying customer who's got a fleet of 100 iPhones. Yeah, go and use Mass360 if you want to get credible management of those or, or an AirWatch. So, um, again, we you know, delivered minimum viable products and we've never needed to do any more. And it's it's just not mainstream. So that's our view. But look, outside of the mobile piece, um, you know, the view is, yeah, let's get a presence on and all it manage, monitor, support, report on every device that sits with it within that SMB network, you know, which is why actually, you know, the whole story that we're building with data around the data networking and the data BCDR appliance, some of that edge router stuff is really exciting where we can take that. So that's where I see, you know, RMM 2.0 again, is how we actually it into into the wider Datto ecosystem. Yeah, makes absolute sense.
2: Yeah. So you, you're now part of the Datto family. Yes. You've got comfier chairs. You've got more people no, just to- record on your podcast? <laughs> we both wearing Datto shirts. You are. You're all logoed up as I yeah, yeah. yeah. sit here pants. and look at you. Comfier chairs. You've got more people to manage. Yeah. What does the next 12 months look like um, you know, for the teams that you manage there? What are you looking to achieve?
3: Well, from the engineering perspective of scale, So um, I'm happy to say that my 2019 budget, you know, is far greater than (laughs) I've ever had at (laughs) my disposal. And it's not there because, you know, someone has decided, let's just hand out money to engineering. It's there because we sat and looked at the vision, and part of this is the road to number one, uh, and said, well, what is it going to take for us to achieve that? And the great thing about being part of data is that it's all about the products selling themselves. The products have to be good enough to sell themselves. So by nature of that, when we laid out that roadmap and we looked at the resources that it would take to get there, you know, the answer was right. Well, let's get that into the budget and let's start recruiting and hiring and planning and getting the infrastructure in place. So for me, it's about growth. It's about growth of the team. We need to be and uh, we need to be delivering a world-class service. Uh, and you can't do that as a startup you have to invest and that takes people and experience and processes, et cetera. And it's putting
4: all that in place and delivering the plot the product through that framework. Mm. Oh, where do I start on my next 12 months project? Look, it's, it's about growth, right? And happily, we've got all the product teams delivering good product. Um, but it's about just bringing more MSPs into the fold. Right. I mean, fundamentally, uh, you know, I mean, in, in a sales role now, so, um, my view has always been good product sales. Um, so we just need to take the name out there, take the brand out there. So, you know, we're looking to do literally hundreds of events across the mere. You know, not all big, you know, conferences like this, just localized, you know, I guess you'd call it relatively tactical events just to get out to where the MSPs are. But I think one of the things that... Um, I'm definitely keen to do, you know, as is Datto is just, you know, be one of the few vendors that's really increasing its market presence. We've seen quite a lot of retrenchment, especially from the US vendors that have almost been disappearing out of the market. Um, you know, whether that's offshoring some of their support functions or just. Sort of stripping back sales and marketing, um, which we might actually want to do completely the opposite and get out there. So you will see roadshows coming to a town near you soon. But I mean, really get out in you know into uh, into all the regions. So yeah, big focus on hiring. Got a massive you know headcount expansion plan. Um, you know, massive you know MSP partner you know recruitment targets because um, we've got good stuff. Too, right? So if you're looking you know, for. a know, yep, sales or engineering job with a fast and oh, yeah. exciting company. Yeah, hear my details. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, and that's the point. There can't be many people who would look at, you know, as I said, a career at Dado now because we can paint such a clear picture around career progression. Right? And that's pretty motivating. When we are central stage, half the time it was like, how do we move this wonderful individual onwards and upwards in our business? Because there was only 35, did I say? 35 of us, right? Where do they go? And often it was almost looking at how we move them onwards and outwards to fulfill their potential. Whereas now data is growing so quick. And there's so many different roles across sales, customer success, services, support. You know, there's you know, you get in these, these youngsters and you can move them onwards and upwards, which yeah, is part of what I've enjoyed about this new role.
2: Fantastic! It's exciting times for both exciting of you, and I just want change. to say this while we're on the podcast: I'm really proud of you both. Oh, I've known years, you for what well, is time, time. relatively a long time yeah, in this yeah. industry, and I am genuinely because you've stuck to you've stuck to your guns. Yeah. You knew uh, in your heart what the future presented, and now you're wildly successful off the yeah. back of it. So, appreciate well, it. congratulations to you both, and um, I'm really looking forward to seeing when you go in the next. 15 years, perhaps when we'll be putting RMM devices on the, I don't know, on the moon or something. <laughs> well, <laughs> IOT, watch one space. for another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, thanks, Richard. Ian, Christian, it. thanks for your time. Yeah, really appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers.
4: Thanks.
1: Thanks for listening to Tub Talk, the podcast for IT business owners. You can find the show notes and bonus content for this interview, along with dozens of other interviews with IT business leaders over at www.tubtalk.com tubblog.co.uk. If you enjoyed this podcast then we'd really appreciate you rating and reviewing the show over at iTunes. Every review helps us reach new listeners and helps raise the bar for success in the IT industry. Thanks for listening and I'll speak with you next episode. Have a great day.
0: G'day, Nigel Moore from the Tech Tribe here again. Now, I hope you enjoyed the episode and there were some rockin' takeaways to go and implement in your business. You are going to implement them, right? Good. So I promised at the beginning of the episode to give you the super quick pitch on what the Tech Tribe is and why you should come and join us. I created the Tech Tribe because it breaks my tech geek heart when I see good people struggling to run their IT support business, especially because that used to be me. Although the good person part is quite debatable, the struggle part was very real for many years. And in a nutshell, I created the Tech Tribe to help MSPs like myself back then get access to the tools, templates, training and resources that I wish I had when I was traveling my MSP journey. Plus, It's all backed up with a supportive community and expert coaching from not only me, but from the fearless host of this podcast, Sir Richard Tubby himself, who is one of our tribal elders. Now, instead of me babbling on more about why you should join us, I thought I'd read out two quick notes from some of the hundreds of MSPs already inside our tribe. First up from Tom, great dude from the United States. He says, I've been in Nigel's tech tribe for almost a year now. Best investment I've made to date. And secondly, from Chris, one of our Aussie tribers who says, your energy, tools, techniques, tips, and recommendations have proven invaluable. And whilst I'm not making millions yet, things are on the up and up. Please keep up the good work. So, if you want to join the tribe and get access to all of the juicy goodness, simply head on over to slash tub talk and check out the super duper special deal for tub talk listeners only.